0: bringing the fun. We're bringing the funder. We are funder. Flesh and blood down under. Here we are, Fluke. Episode 2. Episode 2. How good was episode 1? Thanks everyone for tuning in.
1: We've got, I think, 600 downloads between YouTube and Spotify. It's not too bad. 200 subs. Actually, we hit 201 just before hitting record, Ooh. which is kind of cool. Thanks everyone.
0: Yeah, appreciate it everyone for coming on board. This is... uh <laughs> We're going to be releasing podcasts on the weekly on this channel for sure via YouTube and Spotify.
1: We will. Um, the audio will be better this episode too, guys. We knew we just actually our, our real audio was echoey, so we had to use backup audio that was low. It'll it'll be much better this week.
0: Yeah, it will be. And you know, outside of this, where can people find you?
1: Fluke, Fluke and Box uh, on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and you.
0: Me, I am the tall Timmy, otherwise known as Paul. I have a YouTube channel as well. You can find me on there. I also have a Twitter that I really enjoy. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter. I also have an Instagram as well where I post occasionally. So hit me up uh, any way you like.
1: I did launch my, my flukenbox.shop for the playmats this week.
0: Woo! And team, those playmats are gorgeous. The,
1: the Volcor female Kano. Uh, there's only like 60 left from 100. Very so nice. we put a big dent in that um, FlukeUnbox shop. Anyway, let's jump into this. So, um, how's your week been for Fab? It's been it's been an interesting
0: week, as you know. We played in a, f- a couple of pro quests over the weekend, we which was a lot of fun. That was a uh, classic constructed. You were piloting this very spicy white border. Dory deck, and you had some so success, I need to mate.
1: clarify. It's not white border. Well, that's just, what I'm calling I didn't want to pull my Kasai deck yeah, apart. That's what I'm calling So it. I filled it with all the white border stuff I had. Yeah, it was... But I did very well. I was surprised. Hmm. Yeah, people, I think, disrespected it and paid.
0: Maybe people have <laughs> just forgotten how to play against Dory. They
1: just didn't... Uh, look, <clears throat> we, we, I got lucky. Didn't have to face my worst enemies, which are like Prism and Oldham. Those would have been harder. But everyone else that wanted to race, I was just... Happy to race. And they paid for it. Classic Battles
0: <laughs> has given you a great yes, card, hasn't some, it?
1: Look, let's keep that secret till I win a quest. Then. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: But if you saw the photos on my Twitter, you would have seen one of the photos. I think Dawnblade had like four counters it had on it. four.
1: I, I got to six this week. Six. Yeah. yeah. Six is not beatable, let me tell you now. I don't. Even as long as I keep a card in hand at the end of the game and just pitch to swing for... S- <laughs> for 9 I don't even think threes is beatable 1 for 9 what are you going to block me with 3 cards every turn hmm. it's over um, did you you top 8 at once or no we we came very close I was 8th by like a fraction and he was ninth by a fraction also we don't even know because there was a mess up with reporting someone put me in as a win when I lost but then forgot about it and we played 1 or 2 more rounds after that uh, I swear I didn't misreport but it the, could have ended uh, different.
0: The thing to know to know about that team is remember, it doesn't or it does matter. But the way the system works is it checks what rounds you win, what rounds you lose. That's how it has yep. your baseline resistance. Then it checks who you lose against before it checks who you win against. So if you if your losses are against people that go undefeated, that will bubble you up
1: slightly less. It's slightly better than losing to someone who. Yeah, is bad seed. Correct. A- and when. It's tricky maths. Judge Noah figured it out.
0: He did. He did a great job. He did it all manually. Very impressive.
1: Well, you know, we were doing so well. All the games were quick and we had to wait an hour for him to do the maths and figure out who was actually eighth.
0: Yeah, so John John me at the post team. He got in there eighth and we I didn't, finished We haven't ninth.
1: played yet. We haven't versed each other yet.
0: No, we dodged each other. We might have matched up in that final round. Possibly. Correct,
1: we might have. Because we were, exactly, we were on very similar breakers yeah um, mm. But look, uh, today's episode, this week's episode is is going to be titled "The Tall Timmy." <laughs> Jeez. So uh, w- I came up with the idea. I'm I'm the ideas guy. Usually, Paul's the talent. That's just how it works. You've Got to have one of each. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Define talent. What does that even mean?
1: You, you bring all the you, look. You're a very entertaining. I'm I'm charismatic. Yes, but not as charismatic as you.
0: Jeez. Can you tell my wife that? She just to. thinks I'm annoying.
1: <laughs> I think, yeah, after time it's probably <laughs> annoying, yes. Yeah, so you're like a big kid. <laughs> so um the idea of um today's episode and actually for the next two episodes would be one is um gonna be about talk to me and all about talk to me, and the next one will be all about me and we'll just interview each other. We we want to bring guests on, but it seems smarter to maybe get our stuff out of the way let people that maybe follow our channels don't know everything about us or the whole thing about us to get it'll a bit of and an it'll insight. and it'll be
0: like a conversation. Exactly. More so than not an, an interview.
1: interview. Uh, there's stuff I don't <coughs> know about Paul that we're about to find out.
0: And I these questions are not preloaded team. I have no idea
1: I don't even have a list of questions. Uh, we are gonna just converse. Yeah, I but don't but we're gonna we're gonna pick a topic which is talk to me and then we're gonna um, hmm. talk about that. That's how it's gonna work. So
0: this will be fun team. Buckle yeah, in. Buckle
1: in. So anyway, how do you say your name? That's my first question. Cause your your name is not spelt like Paul. So is it Paul? So it ends with like a Z.
0: Oh, you're talking about my Facebook name. I don't know. Oh yeah. well that, that that was an old nickname.
1: Right. So yeah. it's not how your birth name is. No, so no. So your birth name is it's Paul. Paul. Okay. And then I yeah. I didn't know. See, I, I go see if you got him on Facebook, which some of you will, it's P A U. L-Z-A, hmm. Paulza and yeah
0: it can, it was a it was a, a nickname that i had briefly while i played rugby when okay. i finished school just down here in Parramatta. yeah and there was a few of us guys i was it was paul roy and a couple of others and we added za right, right. on the end of our name so it was paulza royza Cesar. there was yeah, a few
1: yeah of us. no no I, now it makes sense hmm. i thought maybe it's like got some polish ancestry or something no and it
0: was I, just I, a I, way that I, I, <coughs> people that you know wanted to try and find me on facebook would be a little bit more difficult.
1: Well, now everyone can find oh it yeah, on well,
0: I'm not talking about the flesh and blood crowd, <laughs> that's for sure.
1: There you go. Okay, so talk to me about um, childhood. You grew up in Australia?
0: Yeah, born and bred, Sydney. Blacktown yep. Hospital, which is Western Sydney. And I've grown up in and around <clears throat> Western, Northwestern Sydney my whole life.
1: Yep. Yeah. Heritage-wise?
0: Heritage, my father is... An Irish immigrant. He came to Sydney in sixty nine.
1: Is he a convict?
0: No, he came in sixty <laughs> <laughs> nine. not not eighteen sixty nine. man. They don't know. <laughs> no, no. My, my dad's okay, first okay. generation. Seventies, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So he immigrated over, and my mother was born here. And her mother's Lebanese, and yes. her father's white Australian. Go. So I'm a bit of a fruit salad.
1: Most Australians are fruit salads,
0: especially in Sydney. Yeah,
1: for mm. sure. Mo- Western Sydney, especially yeah. too. Yeah. Most people are mixed. Yep. If you're not familiar, by the way, um, Eastern Sydney is the shoreline, and Western Sydney is the more suburban. Uh, there's more like the city Sydney itself is closer to the east, closer to the shore, and then we're we're west of that, which is more inland. If you look at Australia, and
0: generally speaking, in Sydney, the further that you get away from the coastline you have higher levels of
1: immigration. Generally, 100%. Generally Property is definitely cheaper the more west you go and that's where immigrants will go first. We're in Parramatta right now. It's like the second biggest city in Sydney, um, but a western one for that. Correct. So, school? Blacktown?
0: Uh, no, no. No, I was born I didn't grow up there. I grew up more around northwestern Sydney, okay. around Winston Hills and to Castle Hill. Yeah. And so, yeah, went to, I don't know if people are familiar, Hill College. It's De La Salle Catholic school. Um, father being Irish, obviously grew up in a Catholic yep. home and, um, yeah, went to high school there. Uh, it was, you know, so, so experience, I guess you could say, uh, played a lot of sport in the second half of high school, rugby particularly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what I did for my schooling.
1: Okay. Were you any good?
0: At what? Rugby. I was okay. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I was okay. I was above average. Like yep. I played first 15, which was like the top team in the school. Yep. In my final years. And <clears throat> I played second grade for Parramatta when I finished school. Okay. So I was okay. But, um, yeah, it wasn't paying the bills or anything.
1: No, but no. I, but I was okay. And what about after school? When school finished, what did you do? Uh, I, you, you So you have a childhood sweetheart, uh, like high school sweetheart, wife. Not high school sweetheart. Not quite. No.
0: Met her uh, this my first year out of high school. Okay. Towards the end of that year. But, no, after high school, I did studying uh just did a a TAFE diploma in business and then sort of got into the workforce very early been working full-time since I was 18 and I'm just about turned 37 so I've been working full-time for many 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 years um which has been a good thing um once (laughs) once I left school and I studied for that short amount of time I realized that a uh, full-time study wasn't for me. I'd prefer to be working. So I did, I did a bunch of different things. I actually started out in the human, what you call the human services industry. So I had about a six-year stint working in the prison system, working in youth refuges with wards of the state. So, you know, kids that don't have basically homes and the state, the government takes them in and provides education and housing for them up until they turn to 18. So they're protected by the government. Um, so there's a lot of homes, you know, m- mixed in in suburb- yep. suburbia where these kids live and they have full-time carers and I worked in those homes and also worked in drug and alcohol rehabs as well. So I did that for about six or seven years. Fair enough.
1: And Before we, we get to the after school years, what's your favourite memory of like, that you can think of between zero and 18? Like that when you were young. Hmm. (laughs) With no responsibility.
0: No responsibility. Um, Well, I've got lots of good memories, but to keep it on theme, you know, I think that the first, you know, around games, the first time I saw uh, Warhammer um, being played, that blew my mind. Like, that really blew my mind. Uh, The first time I saw Magic the Gathering being played, that blew my mind. Mm. And the very first time...
1: How old were you when Warhammer...
0: I started playing Warhammer, geez, when I was very young, year two, so seven or eight maybe, seven or eight, I was very, very young. Yeah. Um, Reason is because one of our neighbours, he was a lot older than me, he got the box game for Christmas and that's how I started playing. Um, But yeah, those memories. And also the first time I ever saw a 3D MMORPG.
1: What was it? It was
0: EverQuest. It's a big one. It blew my mind. (laughs) I couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the granddaddy of MMOs. Yeah.
0: I was heavily involved with that with a few friends from high school as well. So...
1: Yeah. So, um, you turned 18. I'm assuming you left school at 18.
0: Yeah, that's right. Finished school, finished high school. And then
1: didn't want to study too much. So, six years of working in social services.
0: Yeah. Weird and wonderful, saw a lot of things, experienced a lot of things at quite a young age. I guess I was a bit naive, but I think it made me the person I am today because, um, you know, I guess I'm able to uh, not only empathize, but relate to people from all walks of life, which yep. you have to, um, you learn how to use your mouth pretty well in those situations. What
1: he means by that is how to talk, Yes, yeah. by the way. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thank you. Well, yeah,
0: in the prisons, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yep. I actually worked at Parramatta Prison down here. The, the
1: one that's closed now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a huge um, prison here. That's it was the oldest inactive. Work,
0: well, it was the old when I was there. It was the oldest working prison in the Southern Hemisphere. It was yep. actually built by the convicts. And if you drive past it, you know, it's got the big sandstone blocks. Yep. If you look closely, there's engravings on them, and the convicts got paid per block they laid. So, they had to engrave their yep. initials, and that's how they got paid. Crazy. So, it's pretty cool.
1: Um, so, what were your, so, you were with um, Tan Princess this whole time, right? After high school, pretty much.
0: Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, correct.
1: What were your hobbies like, and did you share any with her?
0: No, we're very different people. You are. Extremely <laughs> different people. Uh, she's, <clears throat> yeah, the other half, the better half, is not so much into this sort of stuff. She's very artistic. And very much likes the art and the aesthetics of certain things, but definitely not into the collecting or the gameplay or anything like that. Um, she does enjoy cosplaying. She's done that a few times, had a few yep. supernovas, um, okay. which she likes.
1: Get her to win us a Taylor.
0: I think she could have. I'm not going to lie. I think if the Tan Princess came with me to New Jersey, <laughs> I think she would have given um, the cosplayers a good run for their money. That's for sure.
1: Yep. So, what were you, like, gaming wise or playing wise?
0: Back then, well, I stopped playing computer games around the middle of two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. It's a long time ago, but that's when I sort of just thought they were becoming a bit of a waste of time. I've spoken that about that a bit on my channel. I just yep. think that you know uh, excessive amounts of computer gaming can really lead to negative uh, social. You know, degrades your social interactions and skills. It can, yep. And uh, there were people around me that were basically becoming mm, uh, not less attractive, but becoming worse versions of themselves because of the unhealthy relationship they had with computer
1: games. Look, games like EverQuest suck you in World of Warcraft. Like if if you don't have a balance, Mm. it's all about balance. You can play whatever games you want. But by the way, on that topic, (laughs) fab, I've seen people that are like, I came in my work uniform so my wife thinks I'm at work so I can play this event. I'm like, Don't do that. Yeah. Don't don't do that. Don't lie. No. It's not even another girl, man. Like, just go home. Make your wife happy. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) Someone posted on the fan page. So I'll get you to answer. This is about you. But someone posted on the fan page. Maybe you can give some tips here. He said, "Um, my wife's not supportive. When I wanted to go to the calling in Vegas, she said, we're doing a family trip. And then he wanted to go to the Uprising premiere and same thing. And the responses were mixed. Some were like, F her not supportive, but other people, which accurate too, is like, I don't think she'd be like that if you're doing the right thing. So where do you stand on?
0: I did see that post
1: on on the balance of hobbies and life.
0: Yeah. Look, I did see that post and I wanted to say a lot, but
1: me too. Let's say it
0: the (laughs) way, but you know, we're typing things out, I get misinterpreted. So it is a bit of a loaded question and no two circumstances are the same. They definitely aren't. Um, you know, for me personally, it goes in cycles. There are times when I, you know, play Flesh and Blood or whether it's Magic or Warhammer, I I play it pretty full on. Um, And then once I get to a certain point in time, I usually modulate that. So the way that I did it with Magic that I thought was quite balanced, once I got confident with the game and I thought that I was at a skill level that I enjoyed playing the game, you know, where I'd win a little bit more often than not and, you know, I was happy with that. Um, I could play limited fairly well and so what I generally did is over a six month calendar I'd look at all the big events and I'd usually have two months off where I wouldn't play at yep. all and then leading up to a big event I'd play quite heavily for a month.
1: You do that a little bit now where like you know the calling's coming up so you're not going to be active much in armouries this week. Cause Correct. So at,
0: so at the moment if I have ProQuest on the weekend I generally don't like playing during the week because you know it it's a balanced thing okay yep. it, it it is it is what it is you can't you like for me three kids job wife like as much as I'd love to you just can't play fab 7 days how, a week
1: how was that in your younger years like 18 to 25 compared to now
0: it was pretty much the same because back then when i finished school i wasn't playing much games yeah i floated in and out between i'd say 2000 and Four, I didn't really play any games seriously once I quit computer games up until around 2008. And then for about a two-year period, I played competitive Warhammer. Mm. There was a real renaissance period with Warhammer. They called the golden age of Warhammer. It was like 6th edition through to 7th edition, then it kind of died off at 8th edition. And I played that quite competitively. I used to go out once a month, once every couple of months and play in these big three-day tournaments where back in Sydney they used to get... 100, 150 people, you know, big tournaments. They yep. were a lot of fun. So I did that for a couple of years. And then when that died off, I didn't do anything yep. um, game-wise until I got back into Magic it, around the start of 2013.
1: How um, old were you when you had your son? He's the oldest. Right? He's the
0: oldest. So that was in 2008. I was 23. So How old your son? He turns 14 in October.
1: My son is December, so your son is barely older than mine. That's right. That's right. You beat <laughs>
0: me to it. What were you, so you were 20. No, no, your son's older.
1: Yeah. If it's October. Yeah. Yeah, so mine's December.
0: So you were 21 when you had your son? or Or 20, yeah. 21? Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, my age, yes. I was younger, yeah. Yeah. I got married very young, but that's another episode. It <laughs> is another episode. <laughs> so you've got three kids. You've got your son. Yep. Who... Uh, so far isn't super active he's sometimes recorded videos for you but
0: i think he's done one video he's he's not as interested he's not interested he does his own thing my son's a real um real artsy muso type kid he's very much into modern history and the abstract he loves his computer games as well absolutely loves them um i wouldn't say he's an maybe he's more he's definitely a lot more introverted than me Yep. But he's a lot more creative, a lot more artistic than I am. And he's very, very musical. Uh, he's quite an accomplished classical guitar player and piano. He's quite good at that. Um, but, yeah, he's not into filming or playing flesh and blood or anything like that. Not yet. So he's he goes by the name of Timmy Jr. Mm. And then next we have our middle daughter. Uh, she goes by the moniker of Princess Spike. She is definitely heart and soul behind the Tall Timmy channel. She must film 95% of my videos. She does the lighting, sets up the props, um, comes up with the ideas sometimes, um, gets really involved, loves it, sorts out my cards. Um, and she's going to be there with me at the Uprising um, premiere and calling. And she with a custom jersey. Is, with a custom jersey. We're getting a princess spike hoodie made for her. Thanks to Darren for making the logo. And she's great. She's so excited. She really wanted to come to Jersey, but her mum was probably right that I wouldn't be able to keep my eye on her for the whole time. So It would have been hard. Yeah. yeah so this is a bit of a test run. She's gonna We're going to be staying in town for a couple of nights and she's going to be spending the weekend with me in the city and we're going to be hanging out and doing all things flesh and blood. So it'll be good too because she's very keen to take photos and film and do a lot of that over the weekend. She's got a she's got a really good eye for the camera yep. for taking photos. So that's Princess White, and she has been on a couple of videos yep. on the Tall Timmy channel. And then we have the youngest, the tomboy. She's a handful, team. I'm telling you. And that is Queen Johnny, and um, yeah, she just turns nine in a couple of days, and she is full of energy.
1: Gets it from you, probably. Yeah, she can't <laughs> sit still.
0: Yep. So they're the munchkins.
1: They're the munchkins. hmm uh, you're 36? Yep. When's your birthday? One month?
0: Yeah, in June, a couple of weeks away.
1: Oh, there you go. We should do a happy birthday stream. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> um, what's so you um were in social services. What have you when did you start your current job? Because you've been in it for a while, I believe. Yeah, I've been in
0: I'm in telecommunications now. I've been in it for approximately coming up to thirteen years, so yeah, I did a complete industry switch in my. You know, I think I was like 23, 24 and um, just by chance, yeah, I did a switch. Started off as a technician, actually, on the tools, installing and maintaining network head end equipment, transmission equipment. I know most people probably don't know what that is, kind of irrelevant. Um, and then yeah, just stayed in that and moved into auditing and people management and managing projects and. Been with quite a large company for the whole time. Been there for about coming up to thirteen years, and it's good gig. And they take care of me, and yeah, I, I enjoy it for the most part.
1: Yeah, um, magic. So you got into magic. How old were you?
0: Oh, I was very young. you were In and out. Yeah, yeah, I well, well, I went in and out of magic just 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 once. So I okay. got into it very young, basically through sports cards. You remember the Michael Jordan days, the Shaquille O'Neal days. Yep. The, the basketball golden era. Back then, you know, there was a a basketball card shop pretty much in every strip mall in Sydney. Okay, and my local card store, um, where I went to buy my magic cards, I saw um, Magic the Gathering being played there, and I was like, "What the hell's this?" What year was this? It was. I don't know exactly year. Someone could probably look it up. It was. Before fifth edition came out, so Warhammer. F- no, 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 Magic. Magic. Okay. So, so it was in between, sure. in between fourth and fifth edition. Yep, um, that around that era. So it's quite early, sure. Quite not super early, but still very early. Um, so I basically saw it being played there. Gave up the basketball cards and just went ham into Magic. Uh, I was ham into Magic right up until the basketball card and sport card market tanked completely, bottomed out. All those card stores closed. Only, I think, two, maybe two remained in Sydney.
1: Mm.
0: Card stores. All the rest bottomed out. And uh, that was my local store and it bottomed out. I was very, very young. I think I was still in primary school. Yeah. And I basically had no one to play with. And back then, it was the Wild West. Like, there was no modern, standard, type one, type two. There were no sleeves. There was no format. There was no deck limit I'd sit down and play one-on-one with you or I'd sit on a table with 10 people and play every man for (laughs) themselves and we'd play a three-hour game yeah like it was fun it was just complete utter fun you know I'd trade away my bloody lion's eye diamonds for fireballs all I wanted to do was you know shoot fire at your face yeah and do crazy things Timmy yeah pretty much play haste creatures (laughs) play flying creatures I, I I like blue red like I played a lot of blue red decks back then I was at a mono black deck, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was really good fun. So that's when I saw that, and then I had that hiatus, probably around sixteen years until we ended up in around two thousand and thirteen. Okay. So yeah, would have been about from ninety seven, probably when I stopped, Magic, and then got back into it in twenty thirteen.
1: And it's twenty twenty two. Yes. Why not Magic?
0: Uh, Look, Magic was just heading into a direction that I didn't like. Now, there were people that I knew that were very close to Wizards that saw the signs around 2015. uh, Because, remember, I think Watsi Wizards of the Coast was bought out by Hasbro, I think, around 2010. Now, when a big, massive, giant company buys out a smaller company, they don't transform the smaller company overnight. No. They they write up like a five to 10 year plan. And that's essentially what they did with Magic. So <clears throat> over time, they enacted a plan that was more profitable for their shareholders. Okay. And which in my belief led to a worse experience for a huge segment of their player base, which I was. Yeah. Um... And I guess I stopped really playing Magic, I'd say around like the end of 2018. Start of 2019, end of 2018. Okay. Yeah. It just, it just, yeah, there was so much about the game that I loved that they killed. They went digital with Arena, they killed off Pro Play, Planeswalker points, they kept rejigging set releases, they pumped up Commander at the expense of the other formats, I believed. And they just, yeah, they just went in a different direction that I wasn't happy with. That you know, the core the core values of Magic that I liked, all about the gathering and the really robust organised play environment, which is probably a pain in the ass to run for a multinational company. They had a lot of scandals with their judge programme and there, there was a yep. lot going on, okay? Very hard to manage and... Yep they went for the more profitable version that was a lot easier to run so i don't fault them for that and for commander players it might be great but it's not for me yeah okay for me i it's, it's like i almost treat flesh and blood or magic like a pseudo sport like you 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 get up on a saturday morning you get ready you get your deck ready you have your breakfast you hop in your car you drive to an unknown place or maybe a different store that's not your local lgs You see some of your own teammates and you see some not so familiar faces. You know, you interact with people, you meet people, you win some, you lose some, you commiserate, you share celebrations and losses with your friends, you know, and then you have maybe a meal after the game like you would traditionally in a sport game. It gets you out of the house. You have conversations and meet people and do it. It's, It's the gathering. You know, yep. flesh and blood. It's playing in the flesh and blood. To and Magic walked away from that. I'm sorry, you can't get that sorry to keep blabbering on about, but you can't get that experience playing yep. Thursday night commander with the same four people in your kitchen. No. In my opinion, that's 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 not doing anything for your
1: Well well, human growth comes from outside your comfort zone. So yeah. social interactions, exactly. especially it's literally the exactly. antithesis of like PC gaming on your own.
0: Yeah. In my <laughs> mind, Commander's a board game. Yeah. Okay, it's a board game. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's, just a, it's a glorified board game. That's all it is.
1: Is Magic the Gathering called that because of the gathering thing? Like flesh and blood is in the flesh and blood? Yeah. Is it actually? I, b- I believe so. That's interesting, isn't it? Because flesh and blood are following that philosophy very closely, like uh, militantly. Mm. <laughs> they don't even let online-only stores stock their product, which would actually sell them more product. They just refuse to do it. Hmm. But then you've got Magic the Gathering was maybe called that for the same reason. And it's... Um, look, I, I don't... I personally don't fully disagree with the online model because th- there's other things that factor into it, like geography, like hmm. online gaming was fun because I could have friends in the US and I could have... But I've noticed with Flesh and Blood, it's the community still there. We still have friends in so other countries that we share the, the game with and then you can travel to events which yes it's much more expensive to do it that way but you're right if you if you um, stop meeting new people you're not challenging yourself and and you're not you know out of your comfort zone ever
0: like I don't know how familiar you are with Magic but there were two online clients okay so the original client was Magic the Gathering Online otherwise known as NTGO or Modo okay that was the original and then recently they launched like a digital Hearthstone type version yep. called Arena. Yep. And to me, Arena didn't feel like magic, didn't look like magic, didn't seem like magic. It wasn't a TCG. There was nothing collectible about it. Yep. There was nothing tradable about it. Modo was literally Magic the Gathering Online. I've seen them both. Yeah, yep. Magic the Gathering Online was literally paper magic transferred onto a it's computer. A
1: Tabletop simulator, it's not... In a way, but you still
0: have to play. But you had collections. Right, okay. Okay, your cards had an intrinsic value. You could sell your cards for money. So how did
1: you get cards in
0: Modo? You you either bought them...
1: In the software?
0: No, you couldn't buy them singles off the shop. You bought them off like online Moto, LGS stores, like TCG stores.
1: That was through Magic? Yes. Oh, sick.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. There was even a point in time, John, when Magic was so popular, you could sell your online collections to like Channel Fireball mm. and they would give you store credit where you could order paper cards. Yeah. I know many people in Sydney that did that, that got massive paper collections that way. Yep. It was it was awesome. It was a good time. It re- really, Magic stuffed so many things up. It was such a good time and... I did play moto. I didn't play it religiously, but I did use it as a testing tool. Yeah. So if there was a tournament coming up that I needed to get a critical mass of games in before and I couldn't get out to attend enough events, usually I'd get up a couple of hours early before work and I'd play an hour and a half of moto and get, yep. in a, get, get some games or get in a draft.
1: So when did you find out about Flesh and Blood?
0: I first found out about flesh and blood when I walked into a local LGS. It's right around the corner from here, won't drop any names. Um, and I saw they had the IRA uh, welcome deck set up. Okay. So it was like a it was like a tall stand-up pub style table, like a square table, and it had the mat and it had the two decks. And geez, it was standing out there like dog balls. I never even saw anyone play it. And the moment I asked the game store owner about it, he just basically brushed it off. Because remember, this was around the time when all these games were dying. KeyForge Forge was dying. Star Wars Destiny was doing nothing. It was on its last legs. Um, what else did you have? Like Transformers. There was a whole bunch of them. Just They weren't doing anything. And this game store owner basically said to me, no, this, this game isn't going anywhere. So I didn't pay it two minds. And then that was early. I think that was when it just came out.
1: Mm.
0: Then fast forward, it would have been... December, December, January, 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 twenty twenty. Yeah, January twenty twenty. I asked uh, said person about the game again, and I got a different response. I got a response saying yes, the game has picked up. It's popular, but it's its own worst enemy. They've got a huge issue with set release. The game's too expensive. If you want to play the top tier decks, you have to fork out thousand thousand dollars because Unlimited wasn't being released on time. You know, yeah, Arcane Rise and WTR Unlimited came out so you know so Ages, long after, yep. and they basically said it's just its own worst enemy. It's paid, and I was getting basically a negative review about the game. Mm-hmm. So again, I thought to myself, no, squash it. And then fast forward to about the start of May, uh, start of May twenty twenty one. So nearly a year ago. So I revisited it again. Yeah. And that's when I saw the game. Um, I saw a Facebook post about their OP system. Okay. You know, the pyramid? Yeah. And I looked at that and I go, wow, this looks really amazing. So I watched a bunch of YouTube. I did some research on their site, thought about it. I thought, hang on a sec. I think this thing's legit. Uh, Maybe it is legit. And that's what sold me. And that's when I got into it. I didn't know anyone in the game. No one. I was the first one out of my circle of friends to get into the game. All the Team Salt chat people, Magic players, they all came in because I, you know, dragged, dragging, kicking and screaming, basically. Um, I didn't know anyone. It was uh, the first person I messaged, I probably told this story before, was Hayden. Yeah. I went on the Facebook Sydney Flesh and Blood page and I saw that a couple of active posts with this guy called Hayden. I didn't know who he was at the time. I didn't know he was a podcast person. I had no idea. I just thought, oh, this guy seems new active. New Zealand's
1: biggest Flesh and Blood <coughs> channel. Yeah.
0: I just thought, this guy seems active. He knows what he's doing. I sent yeah. him a message. I said, hey, there's these pre-con Blitz decks that I'm told's a good place to start. What deck do you recommend for a new player? And he said, Bolton or Prism. And I went with Bolton and the rest is history. And then my first Armoury I played at was down here at the Cube. Yeah. And I played that pre-con Bolton deck. And then my second Armoury I played at was at RC Crew Games. Yeah. And then I played two and a half weeks of Flesh and Blood. I played nearly every single day, Armouries, with my Bolton Precon deck, and I actually won two Armouries with it. And then we went into a four-month lockdown. Yeah. So that's what kicked off my YouTube channel, basically, because I didn't want to play online, and I didn't have a setup to play online, and I was in quarantine with three kids, and I just started that YouTube channel, and I thought, okay, well, instead of recording me going on a vlog, so I'll just record myself talking about flesh and blood in my bedroom. And that's what I did.
1: Those videos were what got me into the game. So I, was, I bought boxes to open during lockdown. I was like, hey, I should probably play the game. Um, and I noticed that you were very local. like very You're very close to me. I was like, wait, I know Condor Park. I know, <laughs> I know these places are within like a 20-minute drive. They, so. were,
0: they were good times and I just really, that two and a half weeks that I did play before we went into lockdown, the community was so awesome. Yeah. Like everyone was so helpful, so welcoming, it was so vibrant and it reminded me of how Magic was around that 2013 to 2015, 16 kind of, you know, yeah. era. It just had that, that energy, that buzz and... The game itself, the artwork, the game, just, you know, I was playing the game and I was just like, this is incredible. It is a brilliant game. Every game that I played felt like it was mentally challenging me. And mm. at the end of every game that I lost, I could sit back and think to myself, I'm sure there was something I could have done to win that game. Yeah, Where in Magic, you, you <laughs> sometimes you could do that, but more often than not, you, you couldn't do that. You just lost because you know, match-up, luck, yep. you got blown out, things like that. So, but going back, it was the, when I was doing my research about flesh and blood and James White's interviews, I watched a couple of them, that's what really sold me on, yeah. was his whole mantra about playing in the flesh and blood, supporting the LGSs, having a robust competitive system. Because you know, for Timmy's, we, we know we're not going to you know, be world champs or pro tour champions. But we still like to have the carrot dangled in front of us. We still yeah. like to have something that we it's can. It's the same
1: as sports, exactly. You don't. You watch the professionals. Yeah. You'd like to think you have some skill. Yeah. And and most of us won't put our mind to it, barring disability. You you can usually perform well if you're disciplined. Mm-hmm. Card games require just a bit of discipline. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and and uh, rounds reps. You don't need to be super fit to do it, you know?
0: Mm. And I, I just like the one-on-one aspect, not the multiplayer aspect. I really like the, um, you know, the toned-down set releases. I didn't like, you know, Magic was getting ridiculous. They were going through Amazon. They were selling direct to the public yep. through Secret Lairs. There was a new product every two weeks. They were changing set boosters, draft boosters, rotate. Like, everything was changing they changed constantly. changed again, I, I thought, Oh, they change every five minutes. Like
1: the set got cheaper but has a lot less packs in yeah. it or something. They're always yeah. changing. Um, one thing, so in case you're listening and not aware, Flesh and Blood said or James White said four is the max per year. So they will want to ramp up to two sub two draft per year. And that'll be it.
0: Yeah. I think you I think you need a minimum of two draft sets a year. Yep. I'm really interested in limited. And because I've only come into the game recently and we've had the lockdowns and you really can't do drafting no. online um, on Discord or anything. I'm really interested to see...
1: I'm pumped for Uprising for that reason.
0: Yeah. I'm interested to see if Flesh and Blood can really develop a culture of limited. Okay. It doesn't have it yet. No. People, can, people can say it in the comments. It, does. it only
1: really happens around events that are limited. It
0: doesn't have a culture of limited. Not yet. It really doesn't. Mm. Um, Magic had that. And I really want to believe Flesh and Blood can develop a culture of limited where, yeah. where you get diehard limited fans. You get people that just play Flesh and Blood limited. Yeah. You get limited experts. You get content that is exclusively around limited, podcasts, everything. Yeah. Like, I'd love to see that because I think, I think limited is just such a, you know, such a magnificent way to play TCG. It's so counterintuitive in some ways to construct it. Yeah, and I just think it's enjoyable. It's fun. It's accessible. It's so accessible. Three packs and you're good to go on a draft.
1: Yeah, like how easy that. Well, you just turn up.
0: You just turn up, or you go with your friends. You have a draft night, eight of you, and you each bring three packs. Yeah, so easy.
1: Um, favorite flesh and blood memory to cool.
0: date on New Jersey for sure.
1: Let's let's steer away from. It. Let's talk historic. <laughs> like Jersey is obviously the highlight of the Fab. <laughs> stratosphere, right? But before that.
0: Hmm. Favourite flesh and blood memory.
1: Could it set release? Was it a certain... Did you win an armoury on something you didn't expect to? That kind of thing. Yeah,
0: look, I just... Uh, just some of the epic games that I've had have been really good. Um, but more so is My favourite thing is making these friendships. Yeah. Right? Whether it's yourself or anyone. I've made... In the last twelve months, I've made literally dozens, yep. dozens of real relationships with people in the flesh and blood. So that that's my highlight. Like yep. I, don't, I just don't want to say one specific thing. Like oh, I C strike you for a million. You know, like yeah, I love winning games with C strike. I tell you what, it's the best feeling. Double C strike. Oh yeah, C strike into C strike. <laughs> I've done that before. Yes. And And um, so, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's just the relationships, the yep. friendships you build. That I agree my opinion you know I just don't think you can build again I might get flamed for this These same sort of friendships playing games online I just don't think you can
1: look I've got definitely lifelong friendships from people I've played games online with mm. but the games themselves were maybe not a healthy way to spend time um, mind you again back to flesh and blood sometimes isn't the best way to spend time <laughs> if you've got commitments if you've got if you're drowning in bills, you, of course you should be like it should be balanced. It's a hobby.
0: This is the way that I like to say it is. I've, I've been in and around a lot of different gaming communities over, over time since I was young. Whether it's D and D, Warhammer, uh, you know Magic as a kid, uh, whether it's computer games, whether it's competitive first person shooter, internet cafes, MMOs, right, all different stuff. Okay, yeah. muds, everything. I've been involved in a lot of different things. I think your average TCG player is a little bit more of a well-rounded person, okay? Because we spoke about the things, on average, I'd suspect, because we get put in positions where we have to be. We have to get out of bed. We have to make ourselves presentable. We have to... Some of us do. Some of us do, but we have to, (laughs) you know, organize logistics. We have to work as a team. We have to get to events on time.
1: And know, there's maths and there's stress and there's, there's theory. And, and
0: you have to talk to your opponents. Yeah. You have to be a good sport. You have to do all these things. You have to yeah. organise collections. You have to, you know, all these things that, again, I just don't think you can get out of sitting in your undies in a bedroom playing a computer game 12 hours a day. I don't think you become uh, the best version of yourself doing that.
1: What's your least favourite thing about Flesh and Blood?
0: Ooh, least favourite thing. Um... I guess my least favourite thing about it is actually, I think it's hit a turning point. I didn't like the fact that it was becoming a place just to, you know, triple your money, quadruple your money, quad zibble your money. Don't get me wrong. I love the collectors, the investors, you know. But again, player growth underpins that all. Yes. If there are no players, no one's playing the game, you can put your collections in the bin, in my opinion. Okay, flesh and bloods not building, and in, in, in you can say, "Oh, Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon," but geez, you no, can't. No, it's com- not, the it's not the same. Pokemon's an IP; it's completely different.
1: So, Pokemon's on TV. Yeah, like it's that's a, all the matter Like it's on TV. Yeah, there's always a new kid somewhere. You don't need new players, but there's always a new kid somewhere. Watch the cartoon, want a pack. Mm. <laughs> it's, yeah.
0: So I think the the unhealthy views on you know investing and finance which can lead to like you know some scummy some scummy deals in the in the trading world and that view that you know people think it's i guess there's i didn't like the view that people had that a successful tcg meant that you bought 10 cases put them under your bed and in 12 months time they'd gone up in 50% value Yep. or oh, 100% or 150%. I'm so glad... That was my least favourite part of the game and I'm so glad that that crowd has either had a reality check or they're going. Well, they're th- either completely gone or they're flirting with other games now Yeah, because they're only here for one thing.
1: Kudos to LSS though. Um, Fab 2.0, I think... I, I preferred 1st edition Unlimited. My My perfect world would have been they just released Unlimited first, let the players get what they want, and then let me open some cold us, right? But I, I but I think it was unavoidable and up the new, the new Fab 2.0. What,
0: why do you prefer that over one it's just release? Not, I,
1: I like the idea of like more expensive boxes, more adrenaline opening them. I like the fact that Alpha exists, but I don't think you can have...
0: But Alpha would have been Alpha regardless.
1: But they would have printed a lot more of it so it wouldn't have been Alpha. Here's my point. Really? I think... think Just
0: say the print run was double it'd still be just as in my opinion special.
1: Sure but we wouldn't have had a farewell draft event because it'd be too expensive. Yeah. like Here's what I'm trying to say though. I don't think it can exist and have a healthy game. I agree. Like I don't think you can have that Kickstarter edition first edition low print number model and have a healthy game at the same time. I'm happy they did what they did.
0: To me, it was just too hard to manage. I th- okay. I, d- I, I really think don't think you can have both. I between d- between printing, mm. between LGSs, players, distributors, logistics. Yep.
1: I, I'm looking forward to Uprising because, from what I understand, I can hit a Cold Foil um, Legendary in any pack, Cold Foil Fabled in any pack, Rainbow Foil anything in any pack. There's the chance of packs with both, mm. but the set will be in stock. Yeah. <laughs> you, I don't have to hoard any for drafts with mates later, which, uh, you know what I mean? Like I can open as much as I want, buy as much as I want, but there's no point ho- like hoarding uprising.
0: You know, I'm old fashioned. I like the single set, single release. Yeah. I think it's much easier to manage.
1: It's um, definitely easier for manage. shops. Yeah. Definitely easier for shops.
0: It's easier for everyone. I think, I think also, you know, I'm just a big believer in things organically growing over time yeah. as, demand increases so you print uprising as per the demand we have in 2022 right and then in 10 years time hopefully this demand for this game is on a whole nother level so sets that were released 10 years prior have a relative short print run, uh, run and there's not much of it floating around therefore they should be worth a lot more Yeah, they shouldn't be worth a lot more in my opinion because they're print is scarce y- at you the time of artificially the release. do it. Yeah, I don't yeah. believe in that. Yeah. Uh, and and you know the people that say it is, where do you think these old magic boxes got their value from? They didn't get their value from some collector release or some special people release. opened or the
1: other ones. No,
0: it's because <laughs> there wasn't many people playing magic and they were printed in reasonable numbers and it's been 30 years and yep. most of the not many people have held on to no, them. No, but
1: again, it's also attrition. Yeah, attrition. back then people opened them and played with them because they had no idea that maybe this is a million dollar booster pack one day.
0: I called the pre-Rudy and the post-Rudy effect. Yeah, back, but even you know.
1: But then, uh, as we've talked about, Rudy is is happy with eight percent returns. Yeah, but t- <laughs> yeah, he's not someone that is is mm. always pushing for those free tendies.
0: But in twenty fourteen, yeah, I did not know anyone, literally anyone, yeah, that bought. More than two booster boxes of a Magic set at release. Yeah, I didn't know anyone. It was unheard of. Yeah.
1: It was un- it was unheard of. Like you open some packs and then you trade some and yeah yeah yeah
0: you open a couple of boxes and that was it. I only knew and I knew it. I swear I knew so many people play Magic in this country. Like mo- most, a lot of people, right? I knew one sealed collector. Yeah, one. That was it. Okay. That that was the pre-Rudy effect, right? But people didn't do that. People collected, set collected back then. I knew plenty of people that did that. Sure, but I knew no one except for one guy that um, collected seal product. Yeah, it just wasn't a thing. It's
1: an odd thing. It's such a perishable. It's, it's weird. It is. Yeah. Weird. I, look,
0: now every second person does
1: it. Well, every second person follows the trend.
0: Every every second person seems to be going. Same could be What'd said you for buy this? Time? It's, and like, and it's like, oh yeah, just yeah. bought five cases. Yeah,
1: I had a. Well, one day we'll have to have we'll have to bring a crypto guy and have a chat about NFTs and crypto.
0: <laughs> God, you are gonna have to keep me awake it's for that trends. one. It's just trends. It's just
1: trends. People people go, oh wait, someone made a billion dollars on Dogecoin, and then they follow. Mm. But people forget that when you follow, if you've heard about it, it's too late. Yeah. If you hear about it from a secret phone call from a CEO, it's not too late. Yeah. But if you hear about it on Twitter, on Reddit, on Rudy's channel, just just. This is not going to happen for you. Mm. You're not. You're not going to. You can't be Rudy if you're listening to Rudy. Is what I'm saying. Look, flesh
0: and blood. I'm not saying it's never going to repeat again. Maybe it'll happen again to another game. Mm. But I can't think of any other game where someone can open up a card from a pack that they bought at a shop, and then in in two years, in two years' time, sell set card for thirty thousand dollars. It's crazy. That's nuts to go to your store and buy a $6 pack of cards and sell a card that you cracked two years later, not 20 years later, two years later for $30,000. That's a very special thing, team.
1: But it's also a very artificial thing. Yeah. Because it it is unsubstantiated. Yeah.
0: It's, I don't know if we're ever going to see that again. We didn't see that in magic. Black Lotuses weren't selling two years in for 30 grand. Mm. Okay.
1: I think it's, there, were, there was just a um, perfect cocktail of events. It was. COVID, people stuck at home. Yeah, brilliant you, game. You also had a good game, but also um, you, you did have a lot of disposable income. Yeah. People would have usually been spending going out, watching movies, buying clothes, whatever they were doing with, a lot of people entered the card world. You had
0: a lot of gamers also coming of age, Yeah, right, that had money that didn't want to buy a new car or no, I don't want to buy a sports car or do that with my money. I, You know, I want to park that $50,000, 100000 in cards and relive my childhood because I can. You know, those cards that I wanted as a kid that I couldn't get because they were too expensive and we didn't have the money. Yep. Now I'm an adult and I've got the money. No one's going to stop me. I think there was a bit of that as well, which is fine.
1: What are you looking forward to most? So you've played fab for a year. What about much next year? year? What's going to be the thing you're looking forward to the most?
0: Fab-wise. Fab-wise. Playing it. I w- <laughs> Look, I know I'm being a Timmy. I would really like to win a ProQuest one day on my own merits and go to a Pro Tour. Just to tick that off the bucket list. Me too. I don't have any like lofty desires that I'd ever like day to or do anything crazy. Um, I'd love to day to a calling. That's a big goal of mine. Sometime in the next 12 months. And I would love to make a pro tour. And I would really like to draft a lot. I can tell you right now, the Uprising premiere, God, I wish they started it early. I don't know how I'm going to fit it in, but I'm going to try and do, time willing, uh, as many drafts as I can.
1: Well, I think if we all, we get, I think we could buy boxes there, which if it's true, we'll get a few. Can we? Yeah. Um, I've been told we can. It'll be limited stock for sure, but they will have product for sale. Okay. But even not, three wins gets you three packs. Everyone that gets three wins, we should definitely not open those packs. Just draft them. Draft them later. Draft them in the hotel. Draft them the next week. doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. I want to get into the habit of, of, of drafting flesh and blood at least once a week.
1: We just need to... Look, we're talking about our local scene right now. You guys can eavesdrop. I think we just need to convince one of our store owners, you're the draft shop. And we'll commit to coming. Like here's eight, here's ten of us. We'll try and make sure eight of us at least come.
0: But in my opinion, like two draft sets a year, oof, I'd really like. It's this. not. I don't know if that's.
1: No, no it's not. So it's it's draft sub draft right now. So next year is two. So we'll get. But
0: a my point being is, you don't want to draft the same set for six months.
1: March it'll be. Yeah, but yeah.
0: I'm, I'm just saying if you're on a, if you're doing two draft sets a it's year, longer than six months. You don't. Yeah, you don't want to do that.
1: No, I, I understand. So if James
0: White's saying, eventually he wants to do a four set a that's year. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. It, in my opinion,
1: three months. of I'd a draft like. Set. Oh I'd no, it is six months of a draft. Exactly. Set. Yeah. That's
0: why I'd prefer. Th- uh, three draft sets, one subset.
1: They won't do it because they they are focused more on the,
0: look. That's how you'd create a draft culture, in my opinion. The good thing about Magic was back in the day, you had one block, like, uh, one block, and then you had three sets, right? So you had, like, Return to Ravnica, uh, Gate, Crash, Dragon Maze. So when a set came out, you'd draft three packs from one set, and then the new set would come out, and you'd draft, uh, like, two packs and one pack, and then when all three sets came out, you'd draft one pack from each set. However, maybe... They might
1: just add in the subset. That yes. So you people, Is there was s- an event like that at the Pro Tour. Really? What was it called? What do they call it? Shapeshifter Draft or whatever. You got three different packs, and the rules are a little different. So you could play like, you could play a Rune Blade with Kadachis or whatever. But it
0: would be good if that became official. Sure, sure. If LSS officially sculpted the sets
1: that the enabled that, so like you can throw a pack of this in. And it's designed for the last draft set. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I understand. what That'd you're saying. be so cool. So you start,
0: you'd start the draft, you'd start the draft cycle with three packs of the set, and then the subset comes in, and you drop a, pa- you drop one out and add a thing. That would keep the draft fresh. Sure. Because believe it or not, the draft, the drafts completely change. Oh, yeah. With one different pack, they of compl- they, they would. completely yeah. change.
1: Of course they would. Um, that's all the questions I have for you but the pod's not over. <laughs> um, we just played a couple of ProQuests. What was? Your, what were your thoughts on how they were run, prizing?
0: Okay, I thought they were great. Okay, I'm a big... Um, I thought they were really good. They were run a bit different. Uh, one of our ProQuests uh, paid out additional prizes in boosters. Yes. And the other pro uh, ProQuest that we went to, the TO, the store owner went top-heavy and paid cash prizes to the top eight. Yep. Okay, so...
1: I top eighted both, so I know. Yeah, so so I, <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't mind either or. Um, I like these ProQuest being top-heavy, ha- and I had an interesting conversation with Nick Butcher. How are you, mate? We were sort of se- thinking... There's no way Nick watches this <laughs> channel. <laughs> nah, Where's nah. FabScore, Nick? Yeah, <laughs> oh God. yeah, come on, Nick, please, mate, help us out. So we had an interesting thing. Like, eventually, I don't know if it's going to be, uh, like... I don't know if it's going to be feasible to run so many pro quests every season. Mm. They might eventually adopt a magic model where... One big one? Yeah, like each city will get a big one every season. Yep. So every time there's... I'd a prefer to a pro that. I'd tour,
1: prefer one event with 100 people than... Yeah, it'll be like a
0: yep. 150-person event. Yeah. And the winner gets paid flights, Yeah, gets yep. the invite, and then the top eight is very heavy. Or you say... When it gets flights, because it finances it right. Yeah.
1: Like the gold foil is great, but if it was like, there's 150 people paid thirty dollars, that's enough money to send eight people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't pay for all their flights, but just say first gets. Yeah, but cash flights. pricing helps a lot. Yeah, yeah. Just say just say first prize gets flights, gold foil invite. Next one down gets flights invite. Next three get invite no flights promos yeah. or something like that. Sure. Um, but either way, so they were run really well. Um, look, we, we, we were, I'm in an iron whether we we're going to talk about this before the pod, but might as well speak about it. There were some interesting things that happened mm. over the po- um, weekend at these ProQuests. I don't want to go uh, into specifics or names or anything like that because we respect our local community. We love our local community. Oh, and
1: it wasn't like no rules were broken. No really. rules so were we broken. Were, we were, a, a friend of ours got to the final table, so we were like vested in it.
0: Yeah, like, I don't even want to go into specifics of what round this happened or when it happened. Like, you can look at my Twitter where I break it down a little bit. But essentially, I think something, you know, where do you stand on takesy-backsies? Explain what a take-back is. Someone asked me
1: for one at that event.
0: What is a take-back?
1: As in, they missed a trigger or they blocked wrong or blocked Hmm. with equipment they want to take back or... Pitched the wrong card. That, that's what I'm thinking, where they want to change their decision. Hmm. And by the way, I'm not talking about because they missed information on the board. It's usually like the other player. It's just a misplay. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, someone wanted one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Actually, two things happened. One player sort of asked me for a concede. A friend. Like,
0: asked you to concede?
1: Yeah. He said, "I think you're in any way, but I need to win this." And I go, "Man, like I want to win that gold for. Like I don't, I don't play like that. As in, if I'm playing to win, I'm playing to win. I would rather go undefeated than like concede Certainly. and get my maiden. No, no, but I was trying because yeah, I knew yeah. the deck was good. Like this wasn't, this wasn't me last season on Dory Sabers going zero five, and I played the five rounds. Yeah. That's what people need to understand. I'll play yeah. if I'm losing. The same but as me. when I know the deck's good and it's my deck." not we'll try. Let's try and win. That's why semifinal. But so someone asked me for a concede, like sheepishly. I don't play that game. I think I don't. I I don't like it because it's still. Let me put it this way: it's a bit like when people in computer games smurf. They like jump on a brand new account and then demolish. What's that? Why? What's that? So I've smurfing never heard of is that. when you're a pro player. Let's say, but you jump into an account under on a fake account and you play with all the low ranked people. Right, right. it's a bit like spiking an event but, sure. but we're talking like here's what I'm trying to say if you and your, your team do things like that to get each other in the top 8 you're taking someone else's spot that might have earned it I don't like doing it don't ask me I actually find it to be against my moral compass because you and I um, you're 6-0 you're I'm 3-1 I need to go 4-1 to get in if you concede to me, we both get in. But then someone in that chain won't get in. We should just go for whoever the best player is. If I win, I've earned it. If I didn't, why is someone that's not? What I'm trying to say is, I don't think many people win events when their teammate concedes to get them in. Like you already weren't playing at your best. Mm-hmm. So why, like, why go in? So anyway, take back Same yeah. thing. Someone at the at the um, quarters goes oh i missed my tunic and he reached to put the thing and i go whoa and he goes do you mind and i go yeah man like there's a gold foil on the line like i mind because by the way if i miss my tunic i don't ask and it by the way i'm i'm pretty i'm able to ask and probably get to put it back trust me yeah but i think again there's like a two thousand dollar gold foil on the line or at least two thousand dollars worth of rewards because the pti is sellable too Maybe not for ProQuest, but it could be. Could be for some players, they can sell another invite. It's to me the same as you coming up and asking me to give you two thousand (laughs) dollars. I'm the same. Look, (laughs) Why, why, why? Why? Like you're putting our friendship on the line, or you're you're not risking our friendship, but you're you're leveraging our friendship to see if I'll give you money. Yeah. I, I we wouldn't be good friends if you did that to me too many times. <laughs> as soon
0: as, as soon, even in armories, as soon as I became comfortable with the game yeah. after the first few weeks, I stopped asking for takesy baxies. Yeah. I stopped. You should. Um in armories, if a new player asks me for one, I give it to him every day of the week. Same. Every every I don't even hesitate. No, but again, I want the XP when a I'm difference. in an armory.
1: I want the win rate. I yeah. want the promos. But yeah. there's a
0: difference between an armory and a pro quest. Big one. A big difference, yep. and I just think, you know, like the words you use. I think, especially whether it's a, a, you know, a top eight in a pro quest. We're not even talking round one, no. And there's a lot on the line. I just think, I don't know. I just think asking for takebacks, you're not breaking the rules. Asking for no, them, no. and you know, spikes out there. They'll some of them will try anything to win. But I just yep. think it's in bad taste. I don't so think it's very classy. And if you know that that person is just a good person or new to the game or flustered, they might just be overwhelmed by it. And especially if someone, like you said, they go to change whatever they did while like they are assuming. Ask, yeah. Assuming. So they don't sit back and go, oh, hey, I'll I miss my tunic yeah. trigger. Is it okay if I do it? They already go to move it and why they're moving it, they ask.
1: I'll give you an example. I don't like that
0: at all. It doesn't I, sit well with me.
1: It might even be a video on my channel. I watched the ultimate pit fight finals at Pro Tour. It was the last day. Shout out to Arc Pietro, the Italian national champion was there. He did it correctly. And I think his teammate, res- the, the opponent responded well. Pietro literally sat back, body language. He goes, um, oh, I thought that was a three, but it was a four. So he said, I thought that was a three. Do you mind if I put my tunic in as well? He literally said it that way. He said, do you mind if I block with my tunic as well? And he explained that he he misread the board. The opponent This was like towards the end. The opponent was like, look, man, you've already declared blocks. How about we roll for it? Odds evens, right? And they did it. There's a gold foil on the table that explains why Pietro asked the way he did because he's being polite. Now, he's stuffed up, but I don't mind someone asking like that where they go, do you mind, and then don't take offense when the answer is no because it is 100% up to the person you're asking. But to be honest, it's always better not to ask. Exactly, but insane... I will offer a new player a take-back seat. That's different. Yeah, of course. I've yeah. seen new players, oh, I miss my tunic, and I go, well, you haven't done anything. Put it on. Yeah, yeah. I'll, do, right. I'll do that, and that's sometimes, I think, better, but I, I guess let me put it this way, because let's talk about, it's 2022 and there's a consent thing, right? <laughs> if, if you ask, if you have to ask, you shouldn't. Like, if you know you're not allowed to do it, which you're not, you're asking them to give you permission to do something you're not allowed to do on your own just don't do it
0: but you will see this yep. in the highest level sure. of play i've seen taxi backs has been asked for and granted yeah you know in top 8 of magic pro tours so i i I've understand
1: cuz i'm you i've know. played i've played i've been a competitive gamer never pro but i, I could have if i didn't have a kid young and you know, the way my life went, but I could have. I understand the mentality of me not wanting to win that way. That's why I'd let you have it. Like if if this is more ego driven and I'm going, no, no, I'm not beating you from you making a mistake, take it back. But that's the same if you (laughs) watch a boxing match and and, and the boxer will step back because the guy slipped when he could have hit him. It's that kind of thing. But you're still allowed to hit him and he shouldn't have slipped. Like, it's... Here's, here's my counter-argument
0: yeah. to that. If you're rocking up to a pro quest with a deck that you've never piloted, but mm. you know the deck's hot shit, you need to run the risk of fucking up with that deck. Yeah. If you're going to play sloppy with that deck... yeah. But you're gonna high roll people. You're gonna steamroll well, people too, because yeah. it's a good deck. Well, you need it. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. I, by You've the way, you picked a meta deck mm. for the first time. If you're gonna fumble through it, that's your that's your bad beats for picking. That's the risk that you're yep. taking playing that deck on a whim because you know it's good. Mm. You pick up that new deck. You make mistakes. You wear those mistakes. Yeah. That's the point of taking a new deck. That's how other people are going to get advantage of you. From is they you. are
1: better at their some deck. deck exactly. And you, the scenario we're talking about was similar to that. It yep. was,
0: and if that, who knows how many times that player asked for takesy-backsies throughout the, the day, event, yep. could have asked for dozens of them.
1: Yeah, I don't know. So, it's no, no. Look, I think we both agree. I don't like it. It's allowed, but I think it do, it is one of those. Again, it's one of those. It's like asking your mate to loan your money in every scenario try to never do that just don't do it like if you gotta borrow money go to a bank it's not emotional you'll pay them back don't put your friendship on the table hmm. don't leverage i'm not saying like that will stop being your friend you shouldn't leverage <laughs> your and by the way most of these people aren't like it's not even friends that are asking it's like ah oh, because it's a game but it's like yeah but but when there's like money on the line
0: like i had the friend Offer to concede against me in the yep. pro quest. Yep. If you know that, just in the last round. I won't take it. And I said, no, no, no. Yep. I think you need to win. Uh, I ended up beating him, and he's still top eight and anyway. Came yep. in third, but yep.
1: it, you know. and no, no, like I said, if you start manipulating that stuff. Hmm. And I'm, uh, by the way, like, I'm, I know Hayden Dale does it. I know Nick Butcher does it. I know lots of people do it. A lot of pro teams do it. Hear me out. If you're manipulating the results, which you are by conceding or not conceding, you're doing the maths that maybe a new player can't even do going, ah, oh, this will get me. Like, I think Hayden did it in one of the pro quests to try and um, avoid a matchup, but then he ended up getting that exact matchup after he conceded. I don't like it. I still think it's like not in the best spirit of a sport. Just play it out. Let the best man win. I'm not ra- a- Rather than you trying to carry a teammate in who was maybe not going to make it.
0: Mm.
1: This I hear, happens, I hear you yeah. but
0: I'm not 100% against it. Sure. Okay, like uh I do like the team aspect to TCGs and I do like when they look out for each other and but, they help like, you know. It's
1: not a it's not a victimless decision. Of course. And because I would if, and I'd say if, not do it in an army. If armory. you and I uh if if you concede to me, I become 8th and I get in. Yes. Who was going to be 8th if I lost? Someone else. That's right. Why are you taking the chance away from them just because we're te- – like, we're again, because we're teammates and can do the maths on the thing, now has cost someone their top eight spot. That's what I'm saying. You shouldn't do that. Win the game. Win the damn game. Yeah. If you're not good enough to win, don't win. Now, am I going to not talk to you or, like, shame you? Like, I just mentioned hate. I don't care that he does it. It's a part of the card game. I'm saying me personally, philosophically, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, look – Because w- there is someone that loses, like – I, I'll, I'll, I'm. There is a victim, possibly, by mm. you making that decision.
0: Here's what I say. He again. I hear what you say, and it's valid, right? Mm. I can't discount everything you're saying. For me, it's uh, it's situational. I'd hate to see that at an armory. Okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'd hate to see teams rocking up to armories protecting the cold falls from everyone else. I'd hate to see but that. It's not a team game. Yeah, I know. But at these bigger tournaments, whether it's a Nationals mm. or, or a ProQuest where there's invites on the line and these teams are trying to call their whole team so they can test together, travel together, get their houses, all that sort yep. of stuff. I see that and that person that misses out, that unfortunate person, I look at myself, right? Yep. Second ProQuest we made in, I thought I was going to top eight. Mm. Now, it didn't happen. I bubbled down to ninth. If someone had uh, conceded to make that to screw me, basically. I wouldn't look at it as them doing bad by me. I'd view it, well, if I didn't make that mistake in round four against Kano, I wouldn't be in that position. Sure. Okay, if I if I literally did not make that one mistake in, against Kano, I would have won that game, no problem. And I would have been in top four, top eight, no problem. So yep. that's the way I view it.
1: I and, would, and that's the only way for you to look at it. Yeah. But again, it's not a team game. And and by the way, let's go to the spirit of the rules because even legally, legal language, there's a spirit of the law. There's a reason why certain laws are written and then people use some laws and rules to to get an advantage over other people. The spirit of conceding is when you know like you're a warrior playing against Oldham and you know halfway through the game you can't win, right? You're playing... Um, Bolt and sabers and within turn one, you draw all three luminas and you have to block with them. You know, in your head, can't win. That's what LSS has put in the rules to say you can concede because it's quite stressful to be forced to play a game. You Right? <laughs> concessions in the spirit of the rule well, are, ha- not, are not for you to bubble your teammate into the top. Well, you have
0: to concede. You can't slow play a draw, which I like in Flesh and Blood, yeah. which they do in Magic. Because in Magic, if you slow play a draw, you got a point. Yeah, So there's no point slow playing a draw in Flesh and Blood because yeah. you both lose.
1: But they didn't put concessions in. I'm, I'm, I guarantee you, if you talk to Chris or Alan or James White, when they wrote the rules... That's just a side effect of the rules that people can use it. And and a judge can't do anything because a judge is, there's nothing wrong happening. You're allowed to concede. But well, that's a good segue. Judge calls. Want to oh, talk yeah. about triggers. Yeah, we learned something this week. We did.
0: Again, I don't want to speak about specific situations. We're truly not trying to tear strips. These pro quests were, were well run. Yeah. We had great turnouts. The vibe was good. Yeah. Top eights were stacked. Meta was diverse. Oh, the meta was very good. I had a lot of fun.
1: We had zero starvos. Th- yeah, it was awesome. In it,
0: it was a great. It was a great time. Mm. So definitely not taking anything away from anyone. Just lessons learned. I learned new things. Yep. So situation is two people are playing a game of flesh and blood. Uh, one player plays a card. There's a, there's a, a trigger, which is a advantageous trigger okay mm. they would have it was a beneficial trigger they would have benefited
1: but it's a board state trigger like it's not like tunic where it's at the start of the turn no one has priority right. and if you miss it it's on you correct this is like a we should both be aware of what just happened correct so and
0: both players miss the trigger it's a uh it's a top eight game so a judge is watching the game yeah. and the judge also misses the trigger if you're a spectator okay, you are, and you see that, you're allowed to, say, pause the game, you're allowed to pull the judge away from the table, you can't explain it in front of the players.
1: Because that's interfering.
0: That's interfering. Because
1: you, you might just explain it in a way that actually benefits someone.
0: Correct. You're to move away from the table, explain it to the judge, yep. and then the judge manages the situation. Yeah. If you're not happy, if the judge doesn't act... you're not happy with that you can then uh, go to the TO and tell them Mm. that was an official uh, message I was given to me by uh, Australia's head judge because I inquired about something I saw on the weekend and I wanted clarification for my own peace of mind because it was plain on my mind uh, because I saw something that you know uh, I thought maybe I cost my friend a game because I didn't pursue something as aggressively as I should have Um, so I felt guilty and I needed to know it. In magic, I'm very familiar with how these things work. I'm new when it comes to high level, uh, flesh and blood and judge interactions. I'm very new. So I'm learning. So for all of you out there, um, you're well within your right. If you see two players miss a trigger and the judge misses it as well, you are allowed to pause the game take the judge aside, explain the situation. Because
1: pausing, if the judge says, you're an idiot, they go, unpause the game, no harm, no foul. Exactly. But, (laughs) cheekily, if you pause the game and you pull the judge aside, your friend might realise they missed the trigger, even if the judge doesn't tell them. But you haven't broken any rules. And
0: the judge might not
1: um, allow that trigger
0: to resolve. Who knows what the rule is going to be? At one of my side
1: events in Pro Tour, someone... um, played potion of luck with a bounty, which means you get five seismics. But where he put them was like on his gloves with five on it, right? Then he played his turn um, and he pitched the full cost of the attack. And I'm like, he has five seismics. But whatever. I'm I'm not going to tell him the seismics popped because it's disadvantageous to me. The... He realized that after declaring the attack, called the judge. The judge gave me the choice. Correct. I gave oh, yeah, you the choice. No, no, but not to, to... This is actually what happened. The attack was out, and he'd already pitched for it, so the attack's been paid for. The judge wouldn't let him... But this was someone that tried to scoop them back up, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't just scoop up cards out of your pitch zone. Mm-hmm. You've declared them. Um, the judge said, that's going to stand as the board state is. I got to choose whether those... Because the way it had pitched, he could have overpitched that way too. Yep. So he didn't actually misplay. He just had three more floating or two more floating or whatever. So um, Judge said, I got to pick if those seismics have popped this turn or not. I said, no. I let him keep five seismics to the next turn. But same as with our mutual friend, what I told him privately was, you fucked up. Yeah. Don't miss your triggers. Correct. Because you can't also rely on your friends or a judge to win a game. That's right. And you shouldn't expect your opponent to go, Oh, actually that trigger that hurts me, you missed it. Yeah. Especially in the like whenever high stakes, whenever there's um top eights or better. But uh now you know you can pause the game at least. Which is not a I think just use that very sparingly if you're gonna do it. But again, if it's like a finals match or something and you're like, it's not fair for someone to like, you know, if fatigue kicks in and stuff, yeah. at it's least a long pause day. and tell the judge. Because the bigger ones here would be something like damage was miscalculated. Mm. That's a much bigger one. So if if they go, ba 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 take four, and you know it's take six, you should pause the game. Cause, yes. Because it really feels bad to go home and go, oh, shit, like, that had a plus two from something else. from Well, la- like, you know, there's things in the game... Um this rounds of me and stuff where it resolves the turn before like attacks have minus one next turn. Then people put it in the graveyard and forget. Um, that's the type of stuff I'd pause the game over and go judge like this guy.
0: And, um, and you also mentioned there was an issue with, you know, you reported a result and it was mm. recorded incorrectly. That was a weird one. So how do you think, what, what's a good way? Look, we
1: are going to talk, I'm going to talk about my friends. They are my friends call talk about <laughs> don't it, call whatever. him out I'm calling him out <laughs> don't so do it. I played a game against Roy he came second at the Nationals good player uh, I, that
0: was one of the best games I had in the weekend against Roy thanks yeah. Roy that was a great game and,
1: and um beat me he beat me on chamber I got him very close to death but husk is just so were strong. you
0: fatiguing him or racing him I have to race I can't
1: yeah um so he remembers and I remember that I went in and said I lost he remembers, I remember. We didn't report on our phones all day because I'd get up and stretch because I got like, my back hurts when I sit for too long. So I always get up. That's how I remember it. The match got put in as a win for me. So it matched me into Mitch um, who was definitely got pared down in that scenario. And I beat Mitch, which is why I ended up in the top eight was because we had the same breakers, but I ended up beating someone <coughs> that paired down into me. So we didn't find out till later because we're looking at it said, John has four wins. I'm like, I have three. But then we were like around or two after the missed report.
0: So here's my way. I know it's hard unless, unless when the Flesh and Blood app reporting app, eventually they'll obviously develop one. We can see it digitally. But in the meantime, I really think the only way to safeguard this is, I know it's hard for the stores to always do it, but they should print out, a after every round. after round a hard copy of the pairings so you can go up like you would have seen straight away if you'd won three or four rounds oh yeah right because Cause it would say I'd it on go, the pairing. That's wrong that's yep. wrong you'd go back and they'd repair
1: can i okay so this that's is the way, an easy way to fix talk it, right? about it everyone knows i love them so it's fine so we had a um a judge who's great guy newish at judging but very much is qualified to be one. Obviously, he's passed the test, but he's also a very good, very clean player. I think the issue, and this is the way I think people sometimes, so we're talking about flesh and blood and manners and, and dealing with people. I think people get too soft about this stuff. The real responsibility is on the TO and the judge because we did report, but even if we misreport, that was a very small pro quest. They should be aware of, what table, who's playing, we're all friends, everyone knows each, like, there are, like, three faces I I don't see every week in that room, so if I'm the judge, and this is, like, Lucas was the judge, a learning experience for him and Ollie, the store owner, is, guys, like, whatever we report, like, just walk around the room a bit more, and you would have known who's winning, who's losing, what matchups, right, it's avoidable if you're aware of the scenario, right, I feel like, that event was it was a little bit more casually run than it could have been, and that would have prevented that. So you could have done slips, but then if the person entering the slips put it wrong, you get the same problem. Anyway, to fix it is to have more than one set of eyes, be aware. This is really, and in your job, you'd know this, if you have checks and double checks, you only have to do it once. Oh no. You don't even have to print <coughs> the result slip if there's two or three people that are aware of what's going on now. 500 player event, big difference. You have 19 people in a room, so only 16 of them playing eight matches. You should be, when a game ends, as a judge, know, like, um, do you get what I mean. You could, you could have easily asked people who won and go do it yourself and make sure there's no error. I think what actually happened there was there was like three people touching the computer, putting results in. That is probably why it got misreported.
0: But yeah, I just think I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head if it's visible on your phone when you see it's your pairings. Not. But I think it is on the on the on the on the round on the printout. Oh, you if could you, scroll if
1: you, actually. If, if you scroll on your pairings, it'll say player one lost, player two. But because this is player one, player two lost, it takes yeah. a second to work the out.
0: Easy way to have it is is on the or on the screen on the pairings yeah. or on the screen. Just say you're going into round yeah. two. It's probably more just like if, lo- you, if you if you if you want if you lost round one you should be on zero points and if you're going into round two and it says three next to your name assuming you have three points and you lost you know there'd be an issue
1: yeah so and yeah it's it's also just maybe some um like a something to consider if you're running an event or you're judging one because that that just took an hour out of everyone's day to have to go back and fix it Hmm. Uh, and again maybe someone should have been in the top eight that wasn't because the pairings would have been different i would have been paired into maybe you and that would have changed both of our days. You might have won. You might have been in the top eight. It was good though
0: in a way that uh, like Noah really explained it to me because I had no idea how um, resistance worked. Yeah, And it was interesting because John and I exactly lost and won the same, the we same had the same round.
1: score till one round.
0: Yeah, so we so we lost and won our matches identically. So John yeah. won round one, I won round yeah. one, and so forth.
1: Just funny because I got in because the one undefeated Katsu player beat me. Correct, so it checks losses. But so what's funny about that game is I won the game and I misplayed. Like I had five counters on my Dawnblade. And I had lethal, and I got greedy, but I passed priority. So I could have killed him. How do I explain this? I could have killed him, right? And, and then I swung my sword, and I'm like, I have a red overpower in hand and a blue. So that's a plus four or a plus six. It's death. He goes no blocks. And in my infinite wisdom, I go, I know he's got to react, otherwise he wouldn't say no blocks, right? He's not an idiot. So I go, no attack reacts. But it was only... So the damage was only... Would have kept him on two.
0: So you're being greedy.
1: Yeah, and then he goes, okay, no defense reacts. And he took the four damage or whatever. Like No, he like blocked without... Whatever it was, he kept himself on two health. And I had lethal in my hand and I passed priority. What I'm saying is, (laughs) karma-wise... I'm happy that's the match that still kept me in the running. Yeah. Because I really, like he knew, and by the way, I faced him in the in the quarters and it was a very one-sided match. I like beat him handily. It was a very easy match for me.
0: So that, that that's what we're getting at. So even though John and I had won and lost um, exactly, the, exactly same. the same, before it, the next check is who you lose against. It's yeah. not who you win against. I thought it checks who you beat. It doesn't. So because John's loss was to the person who went undefeated in the Swiss, John's resistance was higher than mine. And if the resistance is higher in the in checking losses, it doesn't even move to checking winners. Yeah, but it so was it like
1: one or two points out of a thousand that yeah, was different.
0: But it yeah, exactly. But it doesn't it doesn't like it doesn't check losses, check winners give a final sum. Yeah. It checks losses and it only moves to check winners if check losses is a draw if that makes sense. That's yeah. the way Noah explained it to me, and I believe that's correct. So, yeah, you learn something new. So it's important. It's more important who you lose against rather than who you beat, Look, if it comes down to breakers.
1: Again, I don't even try and think about this stuff when I'm playing. Like, I no. already know no. if I just win. Like, if I play my best and I don't make it, I don't make it. If I do, I do. I, I actually get annoyed when people are like, oh, did you win three? Well, you'll be in top eight 100%. percent like, don't tell me that. Like,
0: So was there a new interaction that you learned this weekend? About Make. your deck or another deck. Something well, I had that you some didn't new know. cards
1: in mind. Yeah. And yeah, um, not new interaction more than... There's like this open space. If people want to race, you know, it's... it's. There's not a lot of fatigue in the game right now. Yeah, And the two worst matchups I have weren't in either of the fields that we played in. And because I kept winning my first two or three games, I would immediately be in the super aggro decks and... I can handle Starva. I could handle Chain, uh, but no. Just we don't play a lot of CC. So just playing CC in general, I learned a lot about pacing, about blocking. Like, you know, we both didn't win any events, so we got a lot to learn.
0: It's a different base to Blitz.
1: Yeah, it's a completely it's, it's different. It's much game. more fun, and it is more fun. You've made a video about this. Like I agree. I think you should play CC when you start. Yes. Blitz is actually more fun when you understand CC because you're like, oh, like I know if I had two more turns, I could have won, but they got lucky and. CC you just have that extra resource 20 more health CC teaches resources. you to
0: be a better player in my 100%. opinion
1: 100% well it also teaches you to block correctly um, Blitz is like one little mistake the game's over so you don't learn to switch tempo or anything you can it's too quick sometimes
0: so are you playing in any ProQuest this weekend? yeah both you're going to play both?
1: yep they're nice. both far about an hour drive each but yeah I'll be there
0: well good luck I'm highly unlikely but I may play Saturday but We'll yep.
1: see. That's fine. We got. I mean, we're all looking forward to the so world premiere. Ninety percent sold, which I assume means it'll sell in in hours or days now. Because
0: do you want to tell us about your team? Uh, reveal what decks you're going to play for world? No, Opera, why or, would I tell you okay. that your next week? <laughs> next week's pod. Oh
1: come on, John. Jeez. <laughs> next week. How about yeah, no, no, next 100%. week? One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Tell we'll get into week. it. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Um, what else is happening this week? That's it, I think. Yeah, a couple well, of more. Pro well, questions. spoilers, spoilers. Oh, yeah. are coming next yeah. Year. yeah. We'll so we that. we had a um a phone call with James White. We did, and um not one of those fake ones. Can't tell me, actually. <laughs> so James White, James White said he would try and come to the Sydney calling. So we, I personally, especially out of courtesy to our teammates for the calling, said guys, find replace me and replace Paul because if James White comes, we can't. This
0: yeah. was a hard conversation to have. Let's be serious. Yeah, but we
1: had it before James White actually confirmed the trip because I didn't want to tell them last minute, right? And I yeah. also didn't want to tr- test with them and know their decks and then ditch them, right? Uh, we'd already started testing, my team and I. But there were some, not hurt feelings, but people were like, oh, okay, i got to find a teammate. It, it, there's like the, the whole politics of we it, We right? stuffed them
0: around a little bit. A
1: little bit, yeah. But anyway, so James said, look guys, I'll try and look after you for the spoiler season and we made a phone call. Anyway, we got some juicy stuff coming. Um, he took for the care spoilers. of us. So both of our spoilers are on the 7th. Uh, so, for those of you in Australia watching, on the 7th at around 2pm on this channel, you're going to um, get some stuff related to the spoilers. And then that's exactly when we're allowed to spoil the cards. But also I our individual We may channels, or
0: may not have recorded our conversation with James White. We, we obviously did.
1: The, <laughs> the second thing, most important thing is, each of us have a spoiler card that drops on the 7th, so roughly 3pm in Australia... You can watch that on our individual channels. Those of you international, it's roughly 1 a.m. EDT. Is that Eastern Daylight Time? I think that's what I mean. EDT is, if you type that in Google, 7th of June, 1 a.m. EDT is when you should see our spoilers on both our individual channels. But look, you'll see them everywhere anyway, but honestly, tune in to Funda. That's going to be one of the highlights of our spoilers is that phone call with James White. Um, you wouldn't want to miss it. Yeah, it was good fun. And that'll drop out. 12 a.m. EDT. So an hour before we post our spoilers, there'll be a little bit of a pre-spoiler spoiler, which you won't want to miss.
0: I'm just telling, I think mine's the biggest. Mine's better. Yours is better, but mine's bigger. I think bigger. mine's better than most people's. Mine's, mine's bigger. <laughs> That's all that matters. Mine's yeah. bigger. <laughs> You're a tall
1: man, I believe you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what could I, it's, Look, okay, it's not guys, the biggest, it's the, it's the second biggest... In it's flesh big. and blood's history, yeah, it's, it's the big. second biggest.
1: Well, but then who who knows what's in the set? I'm hyped. Hyped to draft, hype sealed, the uprising premiere, the calling, then having a new set to draft. Oh, I can't wait. The to new draft. meta. Double the wizards, double the ninjas, double the illusionists now.
0: So we'll talk about next week, we'll talk a lot. So I'll be doing a conversation interview Mm. style with Fluke next week and then we'll go deep into the Uprising World Premiere, our thoughts and strategies behind that. And we'll talk about about
1: some decks and what we're bringing. What
0: we're bringing our teams, what we're going to be doing over the weekend. I know I've got a couple of things planned. you probably got some things planned.
1: Now my team is two ProQuest semi-finalists and a finalist and, and a judge.
0: Hey, man. I'm, t- I'm going team high roll, mate. Triple brute. Triple brute. I hope we're pairing <laughs> to you round one and kick your ass. I,
1: d- I don't struggle against brute. You know what we should do? We should organise our, <laughs> both our teams to join up and test somewhere. Yeah, that'd be good. Like it'd be good for all six of us, basically. It would. Maybe we'll do it in the armoury. and Yeah, we'll, we'll, figure it, we'll figure it out. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Anything? Any last words? That's it from me. Guys, um... Appreciate your attention. Please sub. We're at 200. I mean, we should get to 1,000. We'll do a big giveaway. I haven't even thought about that, but the channel's going pretty quick. And so. we are going to
0: have in-person guests after the calling. Oh, for sure.
1: We were hoping to get James White. He has He has said he will guest the pod, so we'll just he need will. to... We don't want to bring guests until we're sure about the audio, everything. We're comfortable we want the quality to be good. It doesn't. It's not professional. It doesn't need to be professional, but it needs to be good.
0: And we want some in-person conversations as well, oh, for like sure. some less no- people from our local community. Yeah, I'd
1: love to. Like, we've already got the cameras. We just need a couple of mics. It's not a big deal. It's just about. Um, but we've got, we've got a list. People are coming.
0: Yeah, we've got some um, unique characters in the scene that we'd like to get on here.
1: Cool. All right, guys. Um, we're gonna sign off. We'll see you on our own channels, but we'll see you on this one uh, next week. Have a good night. All right, guys, and cheers watch in 10 20 episodes i was happy we talked about that.